Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one via whitehouse.gov. In the United States, people of color are disproportionately incarcerated, due in part to discrimination in law enforcement and legal systems. The disparities are stark, and the disparate burden of incarceration is especially acute for black men, who are about six times as likely to be incarcerated as white men. As of 2010, nearly one in three black men have felony convictions. These astronomical figures are largely due to the nearly fourfold increase in the incarceration rate from 1970 to 2007. Scholars have deemed this dramatic expansion of the carceral state the new Jim Crow, arguing that mass incarceration has replaced segregation as a method of social control over black people. Newly released 2022 data from the Bureau of Justice Statistics reports that formerly incarcerated people face huge obstacles to finding stable employment, leading to detrimental society-wide effects. Acknowledging that formerly incarcerated individuals tend to experience joblessness and poverty that started long before they were ever locked up, when they're released from prison, the pressure is on to get a job. People on parole or probation often must maintain employment or face reincarceration while struggling to access social services and trying to make ends meet in a job market more hostile to them than ever before. The combination of pressures amounts to a perpetual punishment. Recently awarded the 2022 Legacy Builder Award from the NAACP of Las Vegas, today's guest is doing his part to ensure the youth of our community have access to education, options, and opportunities that will prevent them from becoming a part of these egregious statistics. Here with us to discuss his hip-hop entrepreneurship program and the intersection of politics and hip-hop, we have author, educator, CEO, rapper, and community leader, Mr. Robert Van Strouder. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. How you doing today, brother? How you doing, Ramses? I'm good, man. It's good to talk to you, man. So, so share a little bit about yourself, your background, upbringing. Uh, you know, I was born in California, and uh, you know, my mom. She was 16 years old when she had me. Okay. And she ran into a smooth talking Vegas cat. 
uh, <laughs> later on down the line. And he was like promising my mom's these bells and rings and whistles in Vegas. And she left California and brought me out here when, to Las Vegas when I was about five years old with the Vegas guy. And, you know, they, they got together. He promised her all these things. And when we got here, he was staying with his mother. We was in, in, the, in the house at about 14 or 15 of us sleeping on the floor. It was just, you know, real wild at first. And, uh, and later on down the line, he gets married to my mom's and we moved right in the, in the middle of Donna Street, which if you don't know, uh, and the world doesn't know, Donna Street is one of the worst neighborhoods in Las Vegas. It's on the History Gangland channel. You can you can look it up, you know, and they speak about my neighborhood. I was tossed in that environment uh, with, with my mom, meeting this guy, and we didn't know if he was on drugs, doing like heroin, cocaine, weed, popping pills, and he had just get evil, beat on my mom's. A long story short, you know, it, it brought a lot of trauma to me, and uh, I thought I was slick, so I was like, in the first grade, I was like, I got to get out of here. This dude is beating on moms. He's crazy. I'm getting out of here. So I, I flunked the first grade. All I did was sign my, my name on the paper the whole year and didn't turn nothing in. My mom gets notice and was like, how in the hell? Because my uh, son, you know, failed first grade. He's smart as hell. And then they said, he looked. The teacher gave her all my papers and said he just put his name on it and that's it. And she looked at me and I said, well, now you can send me back to Los Angeles to my pops. And she was like, well, you know what I'm going to do? You're going to flunk the, the again. You'll be in the same grade as your baby brother. Oh, well, I'm going to school now, you know, oh, and wow. that's how I went to school. So, you know, uh, that's that's what started me at being um, like a problem child. Um, all the times mom's getting uh, beat up and uh, you know abused by this guy and and I jump in the fights hit him in the back of skateboards and jump in it and then I go to school and the teacher be like well where's your pencil at and this and that and I was down the pencil I was up all night with my moms and you know and then we get in an argument and they kick me out of school and things like that and you know and that's what started me to be a bully and then all these things next thing you know um, the crack epidemic hit. Mm. When the crack epidemic hit, it decapitated all of uh, African Americans and Latinos' families. Before then, you know uh, that you know we had picnics, blacks we were together, and then when that hit, it was like my mom disappeared, and when she disappeared, you know I was 16 years old, my brother was 15, my three sisters were 13, 11, and five, and we were we were no water. Um, the cold water, no power, no gas, food, no food because the food stamps and the money was gone. Moms was doing their thing, and you know, she was on drugs. And, and we were like, Well, we, we got to figure this out. We either gonna turn ourselves into social services, or you know, I'm gonna start hustling. And we took the latter half and we took a family oath that we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't tell our, our teachers. We wouldn't tell our family because they're not doing that anyway. And we definitely wouldn't tell our friends. And and that's what we did. We, we ended up doing that. I started hustling. Never forget the first day, you know, I got my cabbie sack and, and flipped it and was able to buy us chicken wings, a pizza, turn on the power, get all our stuff together, buy our school clothes. At 16 years old, I was doing that. And I ended up graduating. And the whole time, my teachers didn't know anything that I'm speaking of now. 
and I was the most valuable player on our basketball team also. And I got a scholarship to go to Porterville College in California. And so I was like, well, I don't know if I should go to to college because, you know, um, you know, mom's not around and I've been taking care of this. My brother's like, well, can you come out here on weekends? And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out on weekends. I'm going to hustle, pay some bills and go back. And so that's what I did. And I used to miss my first period of class all the time, which messed me up. And I got in trouble in college and, you know, and it just, uh, I just like, forget it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just drop out of college and, and go, you know, and become a kingpin in Vegas. And so I got in trouble and took my exams, drove back to Vegas crying because I wanted to play for the Lakers. And, um, and you know, and I just started hustling. And that's what I did. I, I moved my, my, my parents, my mom out the projects. And my father, he was around beforehand. But, you know, after I moved to Vegas, he was never around, never had a father figure in my life you know, to, to help, you know, guide me in the right direction. So my mom and my aunties that were around, they taught me, you know, how to hustle, how to fight, you know, and things like that. And me growing up uh, like that, I, I came back from college and and then boom, I ended up, you know, becoming a kingpin and ended up, you know, moving my family out the project by my first piece of property at 19 years old. And, and then, you know, I get popped. Uh, my high my high school friend who was playing guard for our team, he I didn't know his dad was a North Las Vegas police officer and he got popped and then he set me up. He set me up the whole time, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on because he kept calling me and my mom had finally got to rehab. And she was like, Baby, I had a dream that the police gonna bust you, don't sell no more drugs. And I was like, All right, mama, because I took it serious, because now she in rehab and she's doing better. And then an hour later, my grandma called me. It's like, baby, I had a dream that you get busted. Don't sell no more drugs. So I'm spooked. So my boy, he handled everything. And then, you know, we go to Miller's Outpost. I don't know if you remember Miller's oh, Outpost. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, so we go there. I'm telling him to get away from me. We had the big brick phones where it's a dollar a minute, you know, for Roman. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I tell him to get back. Go talk to my boy. He go talk to my boy. I come outside. He liked to do just threw the money in here and ramped off. I was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to leave. And SWAT came from everywhere. Helicopters just boom and busting me. And, and I was like, no, I don't have nothing. I don't know what they're doing. And they said when they lifted me up off the ground, two ounces of crack cocaine fell out of my pocket. And I got uh, three felonies, um, you know, class A felonies, possession with intent conspiracy, some other charge. That's how I got my first charges. So I ended up fighting that case. I had John Mamet, who was a big time mob attorney out here, and he fighting my case. They wanted to give me 10 years. And I was like, yo, bro, I didn't do anything, man. I tell you, I didn't have no drugs on me. I want to take a lot of tech protests. Took the lot of tech protests. He thought I was crazy and I passed. They had to give me three years of probation, which I was so pissed, you know, about it. And and then so I didn't learn my lesson a few years later after that. I'm in California. And I'm, you know, I was doing homeless at a time. And then I came back and was getting on my feet selling drugs again. And I went to California and, you know, and got popped. I was getting off the, the 110 freeway and got popped. You know, I was smoking bud and I was high and the police pulled me over. And before I know it, I was like, I got a gun. And next thing I know, they arrest me, you know, and I had a couple bricks 
and and you know, and they let me out on the DA reject. When they let me out on the DA reject, I said, I'm never coming back to Cali. And I was on the run for 18 years. I turned myself in in um, 2016. I beat my case in 2017, like October of 2017. And I was before, um, you know, they was trying to give me 10 years again. And before I, I beat my case, I was like, Lord, if you help me beat this case, I won't ever go to the dark side. And I'll, um, I'll get back to the communities and I'll get back to men and women and black, you know, and brown men and women that's growing up in the projects like I was and let them know truth about what's going to go on, you know, um, when you get in the fast, like dealing with gangs and all of that. And then, then the judge hit the palace, boom, and said, case dismissed. And then wow. from, from from there, it was it was lights up for me, you know. I ended up, um, I, I had a lady that was managing and helping me 40 now and YG now. And I was like telling her, like, I want to, um, what I want to do is I want to want you to manage me. Because, you know, at that whole time I was rapping. But, you know, now that I, and I got, you know, was on the run and everything, I was rapping. I hooked up with Digital Underground. I did a single called City to City, me and Shaq G, rest in peace, Shaq G. And, um, and it, it was on late night BET. I was touring with him and just learning the industry and blowing up Las Vegas. You know, I was the first to film a video inside my projects. I'm the first to graduate from college in my projects. Um, you know, and I was just a lot of first with, with all this negativity. So I ended up, um, like I said, I ended up, um, you know, doing music, and and that's what really helped me to overcome a lot of the obstacles of the streets was my music. You know, so that was the, the beginning part of me growing up in Las Vegas. Wow. All right. So let's fast forward just a little bit here. You, you ran for Congress in 2020. Let's talk about what sort of helped you decide to run for office and sort of what that whole experience was like. Yeah, that's what I was reiterating on. Um, so the lady that I told you with E40 now, I wanted her to manage me. And she was like, I seen your pages, you're good at music, you were respected in the community, because I always gave back to the community when I was hustling. I bought pieces for the for the kids, give them money and stuff like that. So um she was like, Well, I'm the I'm with the Libertarian Party and I'm the Black Caucus leader. And I think that you should um, run for politics. And I was like, heck no. I was a gangster, mm-hmm. um, a dealer, a pimp, a player, you know, all of that. And she said, but you tell us, the politicians don't. And so she, the one that helped me, her name was Yvonne Rainey and Steve Brown. They were like, well, yeah, you need to do it. So in 2018 was my first time running for Congress District 1 out here in Las Vegas. And I was so nervous. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any hot topics and things like that. And Yvonne was like, well, we need, I picture you doing hip hop meets politics, which is bridging the gap and, and showing our community and giving our community um, a voice and explaining to them what politicians are saying and, and explain to the politicians what the community in the streets are saying. And I said, yeah, hip hop meets politics. That's it. And so in 2018, that was like the building barrier and the bridge of us creating this hip hop meets politics movement. And then I met um, Dougie Styles, and he was he was telling me about you know doing a podcast. And then in 2020, when I ran, we started doing a podcast. 
So I ran again for District 1 in 2020. I played fourth. And then in 2020, I, I tripled my votes. And, you know, I knew my hot topics. I knew a lot of the politician lingo. I knew their drag. I knew what their persona was. But I still stayed true, which was to my community in the streets. Yeah. I, I still spoke out to the politicians, letting them know it's like a circus. When you guys coming up for election, you come into our community, you put up the tents, you give us a show. And then when you get elected, you pull it down and you leave and we never see you until it get, comes back around. So, you know, that's what started me in politics. I mean, Ron Rainey, the Libertarian Party. So let's talk about your hip hop entrepreneurship program and the approaches that you're taking to support the uh, students of color in your community. Tell us a bit about that. Well, well that started, like I said, for me growing up in the projects and mm -hmm. teachers not understanding, um, you know, how growing up in, in America and in inner cities are is more to school than just grades. Because, you know, I just we went to school a lot of times to eat lunch and breakfast. Yeah. And, you know, so that's how I started hip hop entrepreneurship because I was mentoring at Desert Rose High School out here in Las Vegas for three years. And then um, I had a meeting with the principal and was like, hey, I want to start this program that's going to help uh, help the kids with attendance, grade, bring their grades up. And she was like, yeah, what is it called? I said, let's call it hip hop entrepreneurship. And she said, what would you be at? What would it entail? I said, it'd be like social, emotional learning, social science and humanities. And then I want a studio where I can help, help the kids express themselves yeah. and things like that. And then she agreed to it, got the grant. We launched it there in 2017, 2018. Um, and we, I had kids bringing their progress reports in and things like that. And, you know, it, it was successful. It, it helped the kids uh, get better grades, it helped them to believe in themselves. Mm. It helped them express themselves. And it gave them an outlet that they normally didn't have. And, and I was mentoring them and just giving them advice that, you know, that you wouldn't get if you didn't live it. Nothing by what I read in the book, what, what, what I lived. You know, I have a, a friend who is a teacher and some years back, she kind of mentioned, you know, to your point, you know, her school was in a you know, poor part of town. And uh, she mentioned that a lot of the reasons why her students weren't performing as well as they could wasn't because they didn't have the intelligence or the work ethic, but it was because they were hungry and because they were embarrassed and because they had to wear the same clothes that they wore yesterday. And these things that you don't really think about having an impact on grades, which ultimately has an impact on, you know, what your options look like after high school and ultimately translates into how successful you can be in the first part of your career. Um, and, you know, I see a lot of those uh, same connections, you know, you're obviously making those same connections uh, with this hip hop entrepreneurship program. Were those some of the priorities that you had in place when you were designing the program? Yes, because I was like that. Me and my family we was poor, me and my brother, we, we share our pants, our shirts, everybody talk about us, they get Nikes, we have pay less shoes. So it was a lot was based on just, you know, helping the kids to believe in themselves and to bypass that right there, which is hard, very hard to do. And, you know, and just, I, I restored a practice circles with that, where instead of 
um, disciplining the kids, you get to understand the kids, know the kids. Yeah. And that's a big hot topic right now um, with the hip hop pedagogy um, that I'm doing with restorative uh, practice circles. And, you know, I, I graduated from college and, and had a double degree, journal studies and mental health service degree. And I've been teaching the last two years yeah. as a substitute teacher. And then now I'm a licensed teacher and I have the program Hip Hop Entrepreneurship has grown. It went from Desert Rose High School to Western High School to, to YAP to community centers. Now the juvenile system has got involved. I get kids from the juvenile system and mentor them when they're getting out of prison or on probation instead of them getting arrested, picking up trash, give them to me. Let me explain to them what's going on in life. Give them some entrepreneurship skills so they can, instead of coming from the streets and talking like the streets, they could actually rub shoulders with, um, you know, politicians and executives. And, you know, I just flipped the script, man. And now my they, my school, I was uh, at middle high school, I mean, middle school at Grant Sawyer Middle School. I got hired full time to teach hip hop entrepreneurship in school program, in school, no after school in school you can graduate you can get credits with my program so I love I'm, I'm happy this show is sponsored by better help people don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down you may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments that comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings that frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso... I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, 
grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. We are here today with author, educator, CEO, rapper, and community leader, Mr. Robert Van Strader, discussing his hip-hop entrepreneurship program and the intersection of politics and hip-hop. All right, so you were recently able to bring the Raiders in to engage with the Las Vegas youth that you work with, and this was at one of your hip-hop entrepreneurship workshops. Tell us more about that. How did they respond to that? Uh, you know, how did you pull that off? Man, <clears throat> I'm glad you asked me that. With, with us being the first hip-hop program in America to partner with law enforcement, that's what did it. We hooked up with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and the foundation and officer parker and we he'd been he'd been with me mentoring with the kids since the, the beginning when i was starting the program he came by and he was like man this is going to blow up this is going nationwide this is an awesome program this is back in 2018 and i said oh okay so fast forward and now he, he hooked me up with the foundation the mm-hmm. foundation loved everything that we did and what we represented with the kids and then we did a graduation and then boom the raiders come yeah raiders come in there big waller he come in there and him and execs and we're in there we're doing our program where we ask questions about school and it, it was great because waller gave uh he stood up he spoke about his problems that he had with with you know drugs with growing up people talking about them and things like that and just giving our kids hope and letting them know everything is not easy, it's hard. And he even ended with a rap. He he, he started rhyming. I never knew the big tight end was rhyming. He ended up busting his mind. And you know, at the end of the day, they ended up um, sponsoring the hip hop entrepreneurship program. And you know, me, I I I go around not just with the hip hop entrepreneurship program, but Donna Street Community Center and taking back the Block Foundation. And I have turkey drives, I have Christmas drives, I have um, Halloween um, Christmas parties and Halloween parties. I'm doing three backpack drives, um, July the 25th, July the 26th, August 6th, where I give back. So now they bring me volunteers, they volunteer, they give out food, I have uh, rides, I have train rides, I have rock climbing. And I said, we, I, I'm here to heal the community. We need to take this nationwide, this movement, and take it nationwide and heal the communities and give them wraparound services, provide. Um, I have help, help of Southern Nevada. I have Health Plan in Nevada come out, set up. I have Liberty Dental set up their stuff, give out toothpaste, toothbrushes, do free cleaning and stuff like that, and just uh, all kind of services for uh, the, the community that needs healing that usually doesn't. They don't even have internet. So when I bring them this stuff, they be like, I feel like Santa Claus. It's the happiest time ever. Yeah. You know, 
I love it. I love it. So I, I, I see how you've uh, been um, drawn to the political arena because I, I, I see ex- I see a politician in you. Absolutely. Um, especially with the uh, the forward thinking um, approach that you have to all of this. In your opinion, why would you say it's important for our black community and in particular our youth to be paying attention and engaging in politics? Because we we feel like we don't have a voice, but we we do have a voice. We just have to we don't to me as a black African-American male, I voted the first time I voted was for Obama. The reason I do my initiatives for the for the community is because I seen Obama and heard about Obama doing his work in Chicago. Yeah. So I feel like we don't understand our 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 the way voting is done and we don't have understand our issues that we want to address. So with hip hop meets politics, I was trying to inform the communities about issues that we have and issues that we should hold the politicians accountable because they always promise us a dream and don't give us anything that we just have to settle for it. Where to me, now the Latino vote is coming and they hold them accountable to doing what they say they're gonna do for the Latin community. Sure. So us as black Americans, we need to start having our issues together because I might have a different issue than you, Ramsey, but we gotta have to come to agreement with each other that, okay, well, you do this, I do that. Let's agree that we need to stop blacks getting killed first. And then um, with education and healthcare, let's, uh, those are the three hot topics that we're gonna hold. Whoever is in Congress, whoever's in Senate, whoever's in position in our state or city accountable for our three issues. So a week out of three, if we get two, good, but we're not getting none now. You know what I'm saying? So it's to bridge the gap and giving us understanding of our vote, how important our, our ancestors died for voting and died at the voting booth and had to guess how many marbles in a jar, just crazy things to vote. So yeah. we have to understand that voting is really serious, but we need to know what we want to vote and we, we have to know, you know, what our problems are so we all can agree to disagree and get at least if we do three, let's get two done. Well, we we as Black Americans, we got 50 issues and we never get anything done. Correct? Yeah, we see it all the time. <laughs> so That's it. Mm. So let me ask you this. What's the legacy uh, that you want to leave behind? Man, I just want to leave behind that where you start off from does not dictate where you end up in life. I mm. want, you know, the, the hip hop entrepreneurship. I want that this go nationwide. We already have other states interested in implementing our process and the social emotional learning, social science and humanities program and restorative circles, engaging with our youth and, you know, and helping bring mentors in. Um, If you're incarcerated, you have a story. We partner with law enforcement and we bridge the gap. Um, and, And really that's what the legacy is just to bring hope and have the foundations taken over with the schools and bring the positivity and helping change the narrative of uh, black young males in America. I love it. 
Well, uh, before we let you go, I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to keep up with you, want to support what you're doing. Just follow the story. And you mentioned social media. So if you have social media, go ahead and drop that website, anything like that. So folks can plug in. Oh, yeah. You can Google Robert Strader for Congress or you can look at my website, which is uh, HHEPacademy.com. H-H-E is an Edward P is in Pam Academy.com or www.donnastreetcommunitycenter.org, www.donnastreetcommunitycenter.org. And you can just Google and all my Instagram and Facebook will pop up. Vegas Don for Congress or Robert Strotter for Congress. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. Once again, our guest is author, educator, CEO, rapper, and community leader, Mr. Robert Van Strotter. Thank you, guys. And before I go, I'll leave you with this. As Nas says, if the truth is told, the youth can grow. They'll learn to survive until they gain control. When statistics spanning across decades continue to report disproportionate and harmful treatment of the Black community in just about every category reviewed, it can be tough to stay focused on the positive opportunities, beyond surface solutions, and hopeful outcomes. Yet we must. Individuals like Robert Strouder and programs like the Hip Hop Entrepreneurship Program are leading by example in helping to close the gaps in achieving better conditions across all categories of life for our Black community. Investing in our youth, mentoring, reaching out to teach, lift, and collaborate with others. These will be the strategies integral to our successful solutions. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.